0: Welcome to the Shohaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Uh, going through uh, the book of Mark is just so, so good, isn't it? As a uh, connect group, we're actually going through the book of Matthew, um, and it's just really good to, to just see the life of Jesus and just see uh, what he did while he was here on this earth and his purpose. His mission, how the disciples interacted with Jesus, and how other people interacted with Jesus—it's um, just phenomenal to see. You know, oh, this morning, like, what makes a song? I reckon it's—it's it's the lyrics, right? It's—it's it's just. Can you open this for me? <laughs> it's the lyrics, and and the song this morning just ministered to me so much. That the—is that what it's called, Creed? i believe creed um thank you is it hard is it she couldn't do it <laughs> um and uh just ministered to me this morning i love that song has so the, the lyrics are so powerful so powerful i don't care what the you know tune is if the lyrics um uh, uh, I, I guess if the lyrics aren't umfy, <laughs> what's the word great um ministering to me then it just doesn't do much but that that's just amazing i love it i love how that how music and and lyrics of a song can really minister to your heart really minister to you and just be in awe of the fact that we believe in jesus we believe in jesus and um and what he's done for us and 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 the reason why we're here this morning is because of jesus Because of Jesus, because of what God has done, we are here this morning. Can I say, even if you're not a Christian here today, you're here because of God. (laughs) The the fact that you're breathing is an act of grace, mercy. The fact that you're sitting in a church and you don't believe yet, (laughs) it's an act of grace, Act of mercy for you to listen to the message and respond. Anyone who's alive today in this world has the opportunity to hear the message of the good news and has the opportunity to respond. That is a great act of mercy. A great act of mercy. And even, even just looking at the world the way the world, I guess, I, 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 I'm talking about nature. Nature, you look at the sky at night, you look at the stars, you marvel at the fact of how small we are and how big the universe is. But even more so, the person who created the universe, who spoke it all into existence, just spoke it and it was and it makes you wonder and marvel at the fact that God is awesome. Even, even, even people who aren't Christians would would look at the universe and how 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 small we are in comparison, marvel at the fact that it's awesome. And uh, Romans puts it this way: that no one is without excuse, because even in nature itself proves the fact that there is a god. Amen? There is a god. Anyway, that's not the message, but anyway, Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8. So we're going to follow on here um through the book of Mark, Mark chapter 8 verse 27 through to 38 which we're going to look and if we have time we're going to finish. <laughs> um it uh it was it was really 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 good just to look through this afresh i've read this before but looking at it afresh as i've been studying it this week in preparation in preparation for the message um we're now here at the central p- um turning point of mark's gospel uh, the beginning of the of the second section Uh, which is marked by Peter and the other disciples' great spiritual discovery of who Jesus is. It is a discovery of the identity of Jesus. And this marks a turning point in the book of Mark, in the Gospels. Uh, It's a turning point. They, They understood Jesus, that he was... Who he, who he is, otherwise they, they wouldn't have turned from their jobs, they wouldn't have turned, turned from Judaism, they wouldn't have turned uh, and, and for, uh, to forsake all other things and follow Jesus. They knew he was the Messiah, they knew who he was, but uh, this is almost like a a uh, part in the story where the, almost where the, have you had those moments where the sort of the penny just drops? Have you had those moments where like, might be reading through a passage of scripture and then all of a sudden oh the penny drops it's not that you didn't know it before it's just that you know it more intimately deeper you have a greater revelation of it and it's almost like this here the disciples begin to have a greater revelation of who jesus is and his identity and it's spoken through the apostle peter peter goes and says something marvelous He's going, to, to, to Jesus' question Who am I? That's the question. And Peter goes, You are the Christ. And that answer, how you answer who Jesus is, is extremely important. How you answer who Jesus is is extremely, extremely important for you and me. It is the most important question anyone can ask, uh, answer. And um, if we answer it correctly, we have eternal life with Christ in heaven. And we certainly don't want to answer it wrongly. (laughs) So who is Jesus? And we're going to look at the identity of Jesus. And let's start by reading the text. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. Let's have a look. Verse 27. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, sorry, who do people, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Verse 31. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it is life-giving to us. It uh, instructs us in truth. And I ask this morning that you would help me to unpack this great portion of Scripture, that we, we may hear it and run with it. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. Um, Sorry, I'm really thirsty for some reason. Uh, We were working really hard yesterday on the backyard, and I want to thank Dean so much for just his friendship and everything that he's just done for um, helping us with the backyard. You you should have seen our backyard when we first bought the house. We had palm trees galore, and and uh, and we've just been ripping it all apart, and, and and. with help with Pastor Shane and some other people, and Mike and and Dean, and so many people who have helped us, um, it's just an awesome place of just fellowship, and you know we love having connected our house because it's just 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 that hub, and we're just so thankful to God and thankful for the people that are around us. So anyway, I just wanted to say that publicly, um, but anyway, um, so that's why I'm a bit tired and thirsty, been working hard. <laughs> um, so anyway, have a, so this, this, back to this uh, portion of Scripture, which is amazing, so powerful, so powerful. The identity of Jesus is so important. You know, He knew who He was. He knew exactly who, Jesus, who, him, who He was. His identity in Himself, He just knew without a shadow of a doubt. He had um, people who, who tried to distract Him. He had enemies to come to distract Him from his purpose and his mission, but he knew his mission. He knew who he was, and no one could say otherwise. He could not be, uh, he was not deviated from the plan, and that is something very, very important for us to know, that we must know who we are in Christ. We must know who we are, what our identity is, and it must lay solely on Christ. He is our foundation. Amen. Now, um, him knowing who he is, we're going to look at what, what, how do we perceive Christ? How do we, what do we say about him? Who do we say Jesus is? And we're sort of mainly camping around that first portion of Scripture um, when, when Jesus asks him the question, who do people say that I am? So that's the first question he asks. So he's, he's with them. And, and, and he, it's amazing how he, he's asking, first of all, who do other people say that I am, Peter? Guys, what are people saying about me? Do you think he was asking the question so that he could know what people knew about him? Remember, he's God. He knows everything. He's asking the question to really for us to for them to start thinking about it's not what popular opinions are about Jesus that matter it's about what we think what we should know about who Jesus is uh they're saying well john the ba-, some people are saying that the, that you're john the baptist now at this time john the baptist was uh, already dead beheaded and uh, so he's—they're thinking. People are thinking that he's coming back from the dead. People are thinking, well, you know, uh, we we understand that, that Jesus is a, a, a teacher. He's a good man, but we're having trouble really understanding that he is the Son of God. So he's 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 not really Messiah, really. I don't think. I don't believe he's very close. He must be the forerunner now John the Baptist declared himself as the forerunner. So maybe because they're thinking that Jesus isn't really quite there because of um, he he can't be God. He can't be the Messiah because of what he looked like. Their perception of Jesus was absolutely wrong. And they're thinking it can't be him. It has to be either john the baptist or elijah according to malachi elijah was to come to earth just before the messiah so he was almost like a forerunner again um, they're thinking maybe it's jeremiah there were some traditions back in the time that were taught that um, the messiah would return um, uh, and, and sorry that that before the messiah returned jeremiah would return um, so there were these teachings going around and and so people thought well Jesus just doesn't fit the bill. He's not, you know, here's the perception. People thought that he would come as political ruler, have military power, overthrows Rome, destroys all Israel's enemies, brings blessings and prosperity to Israel. Uh, Permanent peace alleviates Israel to be the greatest nation in the face of the earth. And all other nations are under the shadow of Israel. The Messiah reigns in Israel and dominates the world. So they had this perception that Jesus would come. And when he came, he would dominate the world and rule in power. But yet Jesus, we see that he comes humbly. Humbly. He hangs out with sinners. (laughs) This can't be Jesus. This can't be our Savior. They were expecting a Savior to come. Let's understand that. They were expecting it. They understood from Scripture that the Savior would come, and they were expecting Him. But when Jesus appeared, they could not identify Him as Savior because of what he looked like. They had this preconceived perception, this theological perception of what Jesus may have looked like, of the Savior, what he looked like. But it just, just, he just did not fit the bill. He did mighty wonders and miracles. He did, he, he, he cast out demons He did all these things that uh, showed that he was God. But yet, people still chose to reject him. Still chose to reject him. Um, So, that was the popular opinions of the day. They thought that, oh, Jesus was close. But you know what? Even in our day today, there are many popular opinions about Jesus today. And I'm just going to have a look, I'm just going to quote through here. Uh, some non-Christian opinions, some religious opinions about Jesus. And one of them is this. Let's have a look at this. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi says this. A man who was completely innocent. This is what they say about Jesus. A man who was completely innocent, offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies, and became the ransom of the world. It was a perfect act. By Mahatma Gandhi. Now, that sounds pretty close. Until you really read closely, it says a man. Now, was Jesus a man? Yes, but he was also God. And that's the part that they don't understand and they reject. The fact that Jesus was 100% man, he was 100% God. The fact that Jesus died on the cross was because he was the son of God. No one can... um, forgive sin except the Father. They knew that. People knew that. And when Jesus declared himself to forgive sin, that's why he got crucified. It was blasphemy to them. It was like, don't you dare declare yourself as God. But yet he did so. He said, I can forgive sin. Now, Mahatma Gandhi never claimed that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. He said he was a good man. He said he did all these good, noble things, right? But he always said that he was just a man. And that is the downfall. Let's have a look at another. The, uh, Dalai Lama says this, Jesus Christ also lived previous lives. <laughs> and he said... So, you see, he reached a high state as an enlightened person through Buddhist practice or something like that. And then at a certain period, a certain era, he appeared as a new master. And then, because of circumstances, he uh, taught certain views different from Buddhism, that he also taught taught the same religious values as i mentioned earlier be patient tolerant compassionate this is you see the real message in order to become a better human being wow to become a better human being can i just say something in your sin you cannot be made better you have to be made new You cannot improve on a dead thing. It has to be born again. Amen. It has to be a new creation. A dead thing cannot be made better. And that is what religion always says. It says, you know what, if you do these things, you'll be a better person. (laughs) If you do these things, you'll become a better you You cannot become a better you. You must die to self. You must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. That is complete new from the inside. Regeneration. Born again. Completely new. And that only happens through the Holy Spirit. God showing you and birthing a new heart in you. Only God can do that. Amen? It's the difference between Christianity and religion. Yeah? Have a look at this, what John Lennon said. I know. I believe in God, but not as one thing. Not as an old man in the sky. I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. Uh, I believe that what Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha and all the rest said was right. Right? It's just that the translations have gone wrong. Okay. Sure. Isn't it interesting? (laughs) I believe that what people call God is something in all of us. (laughs) Can I say something about ourselves? There is nothing good in us. (laughs) The only reason why we're valuable is because we're in Christ outside of Christ there is nothing good in a person John Lennon also said this I don't think the quote's up there but he said this Christianity will go it will vanish and shrink I need not argue with that I'm right and I'll be proved right we're more popular than Jesus now I don't know which will go first rock and roll or Christianity Okay, Now, have a look at this one. Brad Pitt says this. I didn't understand this idea of God and and what he says. He says that you have to acknowledge me and you have to say that I'm the best. And then I'll give you eternal happiness. If you won't, then you don't get it. It seems to be about ego. I can't see a God operating from ego. So it made no sense to me. Because the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe it, don't make sense don't make sense um (laughs) what the world says about jesus is not the jesus of the bible to find the jesus of the bible we need to go to the bible but can also say we need to be a little bit careful as well about what uh popular christianity says today as well um there are i've got several books in my bookshelf at home that um Talk about Jesus in a way that doesn't really talk about the Jesus of the Bible, and it's a little different. It's a little different. It's so, a so Jesus um, that says that you can you can be all who you are, and you can be a better you, and you can do all this, uh, and and you can keep all your possessions and still have Jesus, and it's all good and it's all fine. Um, Jesus says um, you've got to lose your life, and if you if you try and keep this life you will lose it it's a interesting interesting thing we need to be careful with popular opinions because popular opinions are poor guides to spiritual truths we need to be careful about the uh uh, popular top selling books now i'm not gonna i'm gonna be we've gonna be wise amen We've got to be wise, even in Christian bookstores, we must be wise. Because not everything that calls itself or has the tag of Christian is good. Amen. Not everything that calls itself is Christian is good. What we need for to know the Jesus of the Bible is turn to the Bible. And when something doesn't line up and it speaks more about myself rather than Christ, we need to look and say, pause and go does it say what scripture is saying does it say the same thing or does it say something slightly different because if it's slightly different it's a different jesus amen it's a different jesus um this quote from john stott either we are unfaithful in order to be popular or we are willing to be unpopular in our determination to be faithful i doubt very much it. If it is possible to be faithful and popular at the same time, I fear we have to choose. Um, Just because it's popular does not mean it's true. A lot of the things that are uh, in the Bible are very unpopular things. But we know this. We know it's truth because the Word of God is inspired by God. It is breathed by God. Amen. It is written by God. And we must not read the Bible with our preconceived perceptions or theologies, we must read the Word of God with open eyes and open hearts to read and believe what you read, not read what you want to believe. Does that make sense? Read, believe what you read, not believe what you. You know what you know what I mean. Don't laugh. <laughs> so, Peter says, "This you are the Christ." Now, now uh, um, I love this portion here in Matthew because uh, it goes on to say um, it goes on to say a little bit uh, bit more in detail. Blessed are you, son Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who is in Heaven has revealed this to you. So what it's saying is, Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the answer that Peter gives. Because Jesus is saying, What do other people say that I am? And he spills out and says, Well, people are saying this, this and that. Then Jesus turns to him and says, Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? That's what's important. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They have, to some degree, believed that he was Messiah before this, that, that, that he was God alone and that he walked on. So when, when he walked on water, they said, Truly you are the Son of God. John the Baptist came declaring, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They believed that message. They did believe that. So they believed and they understood back then but through the years, they struggled with that. They, they, they struggled because there's no evidence of divine power. And they just struggled because he doesn't conform to their preconceived patterns. He came and he hang out, hung out with sinners. He did all these. He was lowly. He washed people's feet. How can this be the king, they're saying. We understand your Messiah. We understand. We understand. But it just doesn't compute in our head. Why do you look like this? Why do you look like this? And um, in our minds today, we must realize that God does things that sometimes just doesn't make sense to us. He operates in ways that are mysterious to us. And when we read the Bible, sometimes we read hard portions of text that we must just believe, amen? We must believe. And it's difficult for us um, understand things or the way god perhaps the way god saves the way he interacts with people why he doesn't heal some and some he does why he saves some and not others it doesn't make sense to us sometimes we scratch our head and wonder is there really a god perhaps we go through tough situations we question but we must know this that if we know who Jesus is, then that is our foundation for everything. Because when the when everything collapses around you, we do have a firm foundation. Amen. We have a firm foundation. I love this here because it says that God alone here in this portion of of text where it says here um you are the christ the son of the living god now in matthew he says jesus responds and says blessed are you simon bar jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but by my father in heaven this is the truth revelation does not come from your intellect Your revelation of who Jesus is is purely because you're just a genius. Then every Christian will be a genius in an intellect. <laughs> that is not true. You know, you don't have to be great at English to understand the Bible, you don't have to be a scholar. All you need is Christ to reveal his word to you. He reveals it to you he reveals it to holy spirit reveals truth to us today and same as simon when the penny just dropped and it was god who revealed it to him not that he was smarter than anyone else in fact he wasn't sometimes he opened his mouth way too soon so he he was he was like You are the the Christ, the son of the living God. And, 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 And Jesus says, God revealed that to you. God revealed that to you. God reveals truth to us. Holy Spirit reveals truth to us today. It's not because of our intellect and how smart we are. God does the work. God does the work. Human reason doesn't get all the way experience doesn't get all the way it requires divine intervention to make the confession and that's why first corinthians even this is this is at the beginning this is even a being born again you know we cannot be born again unless by the holy spirit have a look at this first corinthians twelve three it says no man can confess jesus as lord but by the holy spirit john six forty four. no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him 1 right? Corinthians 2.14, The natural person does not accept the things of the, of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Matthew 11.27, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. It is God, by an act of mercy and grace, that He chooses to enlo- to to open our eyes to the truth of the gospel, and when and, and when we and, and then we see and we marvel and we go, "Yes, Lord, yes, Lord." And today, when we open up Scripture and we look at verses of Scripture, and sometimes they don't make sense, and it's the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important for us to always pray, Holy Spirit, before we read the Bible. Holy Spirit, I ask that you help me to interpret what I'm about to read because we cannot by our own intellect understand scripture and truth it's the Holy Spirit that reveals it to us yeah Holy Spirit reveals it to us now it says here I um, go and he strictly charges them not to tell anyone he says okay you've got revelation don't tell anyone have you ever thought about that someone gets healed and Jesus says don't tell anyone keep it to yourself Well hold on Jesus aren't we supposed to go and spread the news Yes but the time the reason why he says don't tell anyone don't tell anyone is because the time hasn't come yet the full message hasn't come yet He's Messiah but they don't understand the Messiah must suffer the whole gospel isn't it's not it's not fully yet you cannot have the gospel without the suffering the suffering messiah is everything encompasses everything the whole cross the reason why he he, sin can be forgiven is because jesus died on the cross That's the full message. And so he's saying, don't, don't, don't. I don't want people to know me as just a healing miracle worker. That's not the full message. That's what he's saying. I don't want people to see that I'm just just a good teacher. That is not what the message is. The message is this. The Messiah must suffer in our place. And that's the good news. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, we will remain in that, suffer- in that place of, of eternal damnation, eternal torment, which is called hell. But because of what Jesus has done and suffered on the cross for us, we no longer have to um, cop the full penalty of our sin. That's the good news. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And that is why he said, don't say anything, because it's not the time yet. So they don't doubt who Jesus is, his identity. They know his identity, but they doubt the plan. They doubt the plan. Oh, they know who Jesus is. Oh, they know he, who Jesus is, but they doubt the plan. And that's a good start, isn't it? Oh, that we may that we might know and understand who Jesus is. We might doubt the way God does things but we know Jesus yeah we, may, we know Jesus and I've got to speed up and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer all these things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again and he said this plainly he said, I say this plainly so they can really get it. But Peter took him aside. Come over here, Messiah. Jesus. <laughs> can you imagine his boldness? Took him aside and says, and says, says this. He began to rebuke him. Peter began rebuking Jesus because of what he said. See how it didn't make sense to him? And turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. But he's rebuking Peter, but the disciples as well. He's rebuking them and saying, get behind me, Satan. Now, it doesn't mean that Jesus called Peter satanic. The thoughts that Peter had were satanic. Remember, Jesus just said, God has just revealed truth to you, inspired by God. So you can't be calling Peter a devil. It's his thoughts, his preconceived idea of who Jesus was. That's satanic. And this is why it's satanic, because had Peter stopped him, then Jesus, and this is obviously not, not possible, but had he gone through and said, Messiah, you cannot go through suffering. You will not die. Had that happened, had it gone according to Peter, we would not be able to sit here in victory. Amen? We would not be able to sit here going, Jesus, you died for me. I thank you. It's good news to us, but to them, it was really bad news, right? Can you just put yourself in their shoes? oh really come on right they struggled with the plan but jesus said i must suffer so the bad news is really good news because he's going to be killed for you and me he's going to die in your place he's going to be basically punished for our sins It'll be made sin for us, like Second Corinthians says, and he became a curse for us, like Galatians says. So the big idea for us today is this. God often does things that don't make sense. We must just believe. Peter tries to stop Jesus. And if we try to play God, we end up putting ourselves in the enemy's camp and playing in the hands of the enemy. We are not God. Amen to that. You are not setting your mind on God's interest, Jesus says, but on man's. He says, you're not setting your idea on God's interest, but on man's interest. You just want me because you benefit from me. He's saying, it's a very selfish thing. God's plan is through suffering. Now it goes on, and from that, He says, and calling the crowd to him and his disciples, he said to them, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me." Now, what does that talk about? It talks about self-denial. It talks about um, the goal of self-denial is not it's not a martyr complex, okay? It's being free to follow Jesus. It's being free to follow Jesus. That's what it means. It means it doesn't it doesn't mean this martyr complex. Uh, self denial means letting go letting go of self determination and replacing it with obedience and dependence on God. And may we live like that every day, that we that we that we live in dependence of God, that we won't. Um, be self-determined to do what we want to do for the sake of us and be self-absorbed. You take Christ on his terms, not yours. It's like this. The analogy of a tree. You see a tree that is growing, a really old tree that's really high, tall, big. The roots go deep down into the ground. The more our knowledge of who Christ is through the Word, our roots go deep down and then we grow. It's growing downwards in the Word, in the knowledge of who He is through the Word of God, not popular opinion of what others say Jesus is. Amen? And he says and goes on to say this. The, I've got one minute. Okay, two. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. You know, that's a bit of a paradox there. You know, it's, it's like if you try and save your own life, you're going to lose it. Don't do that. Lose your life. It may seem like you're, you're losing relationships because you're a Christian now? Family have rejected you because you're a Christian now? It may seem like you're losing, but you're not losing. You're winning in the end. You'll save your life through Him, right? And the gospel's sake. Our whole Christian walk, motivation should be to glorify Christ through the spreading of the gospel. For what does it profit, if a man? To, uh, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What, what, what? what if we gain the whole world, if we can gain the whole world. Imagine that, and lose our soul. Profits us nothing whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father and holy name we must be ashamed of our sin come to that point a place in our life where we are ashamed of sin and willing to go yes Jesus come to that place and go there is nothing in me that can be of any good but when I let go of all that and I turn to Jesus everything's made right everything's made whole so anyway here's my conclusion and if I can invite the band up that'd be great here's the conclusion Uh, sort of like a three sort of dot point thing sorry I didn't give you any dot points (laughs) um Number one, don't live off other people's perceptions or popular opinions of Christ. Turn to the Word. Ask for God to reveal truth to you through the Word. His identity is only found in Scripture. Allow your understanding of the truth to draw you deeper into knowing Him deeper like a tree and the roots going down and as you go deeper into knowing him, his presence, his word, your roots will go deep and you will begin to grow. You'll begin to know God more in his presence and you'll marvel at his glorious presence. You'll go deeper and deeper into a knowledge of him and his, to wrap it all up, A correct understanding of who Jesus is, his identity, will cause us to humble ourselves before him and marvel at his goodness while at the same time living to please him, continually drawing closer and relying on his strength to accomplish his work as he gets the glory and forever being satisfied in him. forever being satisfied in Him, that everything is for Him, to Him, and through Him. And everything that we accomplish in the kingdom is exactly that. Let's stand. Father, I thank You this morning for Your Word, and it is a light to us. It is a sword, double-edged sword, helps us to understand more about you. May we grow in the knowledge of you, God. And as we grow in the knowledge, we begin to grow in our service and in our worship to you. Father, I ask that you would um, you would help us to not be distracted by popular opinion of what people say about you people outside but also people or popular christian articles that might slightly deviate but may we always be good almost like the bereans where we look into scripture to see if it was right Lord, that we would see and look into your Word, that we will be guided by you, Holy Spirit. We'll be Holy Spirit people, guided by you as we read the Word in knowing you, Jesus, and that we may spread this awesome good news to others. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our hearts today. And Lord, pray if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you, God, that you have captivated their hearts this morning through the message. They may hear your word and respond. I trust, Lord, that you will continue to draw them and draw them into your kingdom. Jesus' name.